SAS and UCAS and DAS, oh my. With nearly every industry on the yellow brick road to subscription services, you may be asking yourself if there really is a solutions wizard behind the curtain. Welcome to an all new episode of Connections to Experience. I'm your host, Penny Conway. Nope, I'm your host, Rob McIntosh. And on today's episode, we're turning the tables as we interview Penny Conway, who lead Connections HP as a service team with special guest Sarah Bates, HP's partner, business manager for business solutions, and Katie McKenzie, who's product manager for HP. Hello, everybody. Hey, Rob. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How's everybody doing today? This is such a unique and interesting experience for yeah. me, Rob. So she's on the other side now yeah, as, I'm in the, the hot seat. as the SME. But if you guys have been listening to all the podcasts, every time we talk about devices as a service, all of a sudden Penny's eyes light up and it's like, that's my area. So <laughs> she's been kind of chomping at the bit to talk about devices as a service. So today we're going to kind of demystify it a little bit and we're going to be talking about um, th just this kind of exploding industry that started in 2015 mm -hmm. and has really taken a lot of teeth as of late. So yep. um, starting off, I know there's a lot of misnomers out there right now uh, around devices of service uh, and also just DAS, D-A-A-S. It's, it's all the acronyms. It is all the acronyms yep. and they, they mean, some of them mean the same thing. So people hear DAS and they're like, okay, desktop is a service, device is a service. What are the differences there? Well, you know, it's an, it's, if you were to go on the internet, do a Google search, and you just search for DAAS, 99% uh, of what comes up will be desktop as a service. And then you will have one search result that will be HP's device as a service. And so there's... This acronym means two, two things, which couldn't be more confusing, right? You've got device as a service and desktop as a service, which desktop as a service was kind of the, the first one, the first DAS, so to speak, and is basically a virtual desktop image and the management and the delivery and the service behind that. So meaning whatever device that you have, maybe you have a like a tiny a workstation or a thin client or something like that, you can actually have your virtual Windows image transferred to that machine so you can work remotely, you can have access to what's going on uh, within the company. Um, so that's what desktop as a service is. It's taking that image of your operating system and giving you access to it. Okay, makes sense. Desktop, I mean, device as a service is the actual, um, which, wait for it, I'm going to blow your mind, is the device that you use and all of the services wrapped up into it. So that could be your Office 365 licensing. 
um, on your brand new HP device. I'm going to get a little commercially. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, <clears throat> You've earned it. But it could be, it, so it could be all the software running on that device, um, the business analytics that we provide um, with our proactive management software, um, or it could even be the device that you are delivering that virtual desktop image to under desktop as a service. So it's kind of taking all of these as a service solutions that solution like technology providers are putting out there and wrapping it up into one little bow um, with one monthly subscription. Got it. Okay. And Sarah, so you're joining us here. And what are you finding out there with device as a service as far as how it's impacting the business world out there? Going along with what everyone is used to moving to this as a service model. I mean, I know Penny's talked about in the past. As consumers, we take a lot in as a service. And so now you have larger organizations who are looking to really change their focus from you know, how do I spend less time managing devices and more time becoming a strategic piece of the organization, you know, bringing value to my organization. And I can only do that if I'm not spending 80% of my time uh, managing our devices. So where everyone looks at, you know, this is how I consume in my personal life. Now I can do it in my professional life as well and really take some of the burden off of my day-to-day where I'm able to make it flexible and customized. Okay, got it. And so if I look at device as a service, is this a like more, if, if businesses are looking at is it more of a financial play or is it more of an IT play, a little bit of both? It's a little bit of both. And uh, I thought you were going to say the dreaded word of it's just, it's a lease. No, but I'm not getting there yet. And I know you want me to. <laughs> um, but it, it, like Sarah was saying, we... Um, when you look at something very simple in our personal lives, let's look at the evolution. And this is always one of my favorite topics, the evolution of how we consume entertainment. So historically, we had to go to a movie theater and all congregate and watch something in the same space at a designated time. And then a video store opened up, Blockbusters and all of the other off-brand names that existed where we could go on our time, pick out what we wanted to watch and take it home and watch it. And then, you know, came Redbox, which blew out uh, Blockbusters across the world. And then Netflix came on the scene and all of the other streaming services that go along with it. It's taking something that we consume daily, like entertainment in our personal lives, or computers, um, you know, a, a computer right now is just a commodity. It's It does nothing on its own. We're the ones that are doing things. There's things on, you know, the software on it, the programs on it. That's what's making us productive. Um, so it's taking all of those things that we use, and it's just the natural evolution to consume technology moving forward. So why am I going to, you know, back to your question, sorry, I kind of went on a ramble there, but is it an IT decision or a financial decision? It's a little bit of both because, you know, historically we'd have to um, shell out money um, for a refresh or, you know, not to be doom and gloom, but look what's happening right now. We've got um, sort of a global 
um, health crisis, for lack of a better term, going on. And there's a lot of companies that are not prepared with a remote working strategy. Right. Because, you know, and in fact, there there is a Spicework study that was done that showed that 76% of the technology that companies are using for their employees are desktops. And so now you've got a crisis and you need to have remote a remote workforce. You're going to have to put out capital to equip that remote workforce. Yeah, Seventy six percent. You're right, of and your that becomes a, a capital expenditure. Absolutely. Exactly. So under device with device as a service, it's really meant to be flexible. So that means that okay, you need five new devices now, or you need five hundred new devices now. Let's figure out what you need to deploy those devices. What should be on those devices for software and productivity tools, um, and anything else that you're doing, um, which saves money because you're only paying for what you're using when you're using it. And on IT side, it's reducing an entire layer of management um, that you know Sarah said near. Nearly, you know, if nearly 80% of your time is taking, you know, just managing what's going on, which is actually a true statistic, Sarah, 77% of IT managers say that just keeping the lights on is like predominantly their business. And so IT is able to now take this and have a deployment strategy that can make it faster to deploy, easier to react to situations like this, and take the financial burden off of the company by making it more of a, an operating expense. Okay, so so you have this movement now from a capex to an opex, and uh, you know you're finding that the businesses out there are really are really seeing that there's an advantage to that, that now they don't have to worry about depreciation when it comes mm -hmm. across all of their devices. But, but now we're going to do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I struggle with this too. I have to be honest with you. I like, well, well, isn't this just kind of a glorified lease? I'm sorry to say it. <laughs> it's okay. I'll be straight with you. It's a financial payment. Absolutely. Like you are financing, but here's going to be where the difference is. And, and where um, I think we have an upcoming episode to really kind of dig into the whole financial structure. Um, so I'm going to give a, a high level overview of traditional leasing, which is what you see a lot of school districts use. And what you would see a school district use more often is a dollar buyout. So a dollar buyout means that they're just making payments on if this device costs $1,000, I'm going to make payments equal to $1,000. And then I'm going to basically buy it out at the end of the term and hold on to it for X number of years. So that is that is not, if you could do a sound effect that says, <laughs> <laughs> that is not device as a service. The closer model, but still not device as a service would be a fair market value where you agree what, you know, the financer agrees to what the item is worth for the amount of time that the consumer is going to have it. And they finance an agreed upon amount for that device. So while that device might be $1,000, maybe if you're only using it for two years, the fair market value of that device is $700. And that's what they finance. So they're willing to give you and invest more money into that deal, knowing that they're going to get that equipment back in two years. And then there's devices so that that's still not device as a service. <laughs> 
Um, second strike. Second strike. So here's where device as a service, as uh, under the uh, financing model, how it differentiates. Both of those previous models are a way to pay for your computers. So you're making payments on it. You can, and even a fair market value, you can choose to hold on to the equipment afterwards if you want to, or extend out and just hold on to that for as long as you see fit. Under device as a service, you're basically drawing a line in the sand as an organization to have a consistent refresh cycle for your devices. So you're saying, okay, I am company A and we are no longer holding on to company A or school B and we're no longer holding on to devices for seven years or six years. Devices in school districts are the majority of them are over seven years old. It's really old, right? When you think about what devices came out seven years ago compared to the devices we have now. And and, and also just the rate of change now in technology. Last couple of years, there's been explosions. So I can't even imagine, you know, schools dealing with a seven-year-old device. Right. And so with device as a service, you're agreeing. Yes, you're agreeing upon a refresh. Could you do that with under the other two models? Yes, you could do that. But there's some other things that go into it, which is from a financing side, you don't have flexibility under traditional leasing to exchange, replace or remove your devices easily. So let's go back and look at this. You know, I I don't want to keep saying crisis, but let's go and look at the situation we're in now where if you have a workforce that 76% of them are using desktops and you need to transition those workers to laptops, if those desktops were under a device as a service agreement, chances are a high percentage of them could just be returned and replaced with laptops and that replaces your payment. There's that flexibility. There is the flexibility and that's what I think is missing in a lot of the device as a service conversations where someone is very quick to say, it's just a lease. You're telling me monthly payment, that's a lease to me. I can afford my equipment. I'm not interested. You can afford your equipment. And you did a year ago when you bought those 500 desktops. But here we are today. Can you afford those 500 desktops and 250 brand new laptops that you weren't planning for? Right. Maybe not. But under one of these programs, again, you're able to have that flexibility. You're able to change it. You're able to exchange it. And, uh, and work with the company to get what you need. Yeah, and under, of course, there's going to be, you know, a, a certain standard of how many device, you know, it depends on the size of your fleet. It depends on what your evolving business needs are. But, you know, adding devices, anyone will let you add devices, but not everyone's going to let you remove devices. So that's something that device as a service, as a financial model, that flexibility is what they're they're offering. So it's not a one size fits all, no. as, as you're talking about. So you can make this as simple or as complex as you want. Mm-hmm. And really, it depends on uh, the scalability of your company and where you're looking to go. Why don't you speak a little bit more to that whole scalability and how you guys maybe assess you know, when you go in and talk to a customer, how they can fit this into their game plan. Um, But I think that this is a a good opportunity for really uh, to talk about why HP was really the one of the first on the scene to talk about device as a service, to have a, a program put together to support 
device as a service. And so Sarah, we talk a lot about proactive management and things like that. So why don't we cover, have you cover that piece of it and really how a customer can use those tools to start the discovery process. So this is a great segue because as you were speaking about the financing piece, I wanted to be like, oh, but devices services so much more than just financing. Right. And, and then at the end, you were summed it up by saying it. This is the, that's the finance piece of devices right. service. <laughs> so with the HP, I mean, the concept of it really came out of not so much a finance piece, and that's the benefit and what it's evolved to, but it was really a way to help customers, IT departments, organizations, better manage and understand the devices that they have. And, you know, as you said, devices have become a commodity. Everyone has one, you know, the, all those statistics say everyone has 3.4 devices and, you know, millennials are coming in and want the latest and greatest. And how do you really figure out what you have, what you need and what how can you efficiently manage all of that? So we have a solution a software proactive management type software called Tech Pulse that we utilize with our device as a service. And this is a, an agent that gets out on the network, gets on those machines, and then gives you so much information about your devices, including utilization, location, software that's running on them, um, error messages that pop up so that an organization can really keep track of all of what they're having. When they're looking at doing refreshes, we can help them, you know, really right size what they're doing because we can say you've underutilized half the devices you bought last year. So now we can save you money by devices with less power, but buy a thinner and lighter machine. So now you're making your users happy. So that's the type of stuff that we've really put into what we call devices as a service. And then you can take it up to the next level where we can say, you know, here's the information, you can execute it, Mr. Customer, or now you have all this information and you want us to help free up your time so we can do some of those services for you, address some of those errors, help provision machines so when they get out to your users, your IT department isn't using them. I mean, they found that like up to that IT staff has said that they can reduce their time on devices by almost half by using third party help, outside help. And so a lot of IT directors then get nervous, like, oh my gosh, uh, you're going to like put half my staff out of business. <laughs> right. I'm gonna and we don't out, we don't outsource. That's always like, Exactly. No, we've got a guy for that. Yeah. It, it, but but I, I want to bring that up too, because I think, you know, people start listening to some of these solutions that are coming up and they start, uh, I don't think necessarily uh, IT directors or, or, you know, CIOs, CTOs, I don't think that they are necessarily saying that because they know all the different things that their, their, uh, their staff can do other than right. some of these day-to-day -day problems that keep arising. But how do you calm down, you know, the, the, the folks in the IT department that think, well, this is just going to replace me. <laughs> replace me, or I think the other thing that we get is, no, I I specifically have brought those people on to perform that job function. That, I think, is one of the, one of the biggest uh, things that we hear from customers the second we start. Once we get past the leasing conversation, <laughs> uh, the second piece is, you know, no, I'm, it, yes, it would be great to have somebody else do all of this, but I have a team that is responsible for it. I have budget allocated to it. And I think one of the best 
it's very easy to shut down a conversation that way. But one thing that I think we are seeing a lot of is IT in and of itself is a massive, you know, expense line item. So what it comes down to is that we can actually position this not as a way to take away tasks or responsibility from the people that are, are doing it, but we can give them tools to better manage their time, make them more proactive, that ultimately opens up areas of opportunity where IT can be more of a profit center versus a, an expenditure on the company's bottom line. And so I think that's a good, a good point. You know, it, going from just regular maintenance and being that cost center to being a profit center is huge. Right. And it's such a simple example, but uh, I was I was talking to a customer uh, just a few weeks ago where um, actually I was talking to one of our, I wasn't talking to the customer, the account manager was, but they were having a conversation about a completely unrelated topic. They were on WebEx. They were having a conversation about, um, you know, Microsoft EA renewal and, you know, now everyone's on video. So they got to, you know, have this back and forth with the customer. And in the middle of the meeting, someone came into that IT director's office and needed a hard drive replaced. And so here he is, he's trying to work on a Microsoft project to reduce, you know, uh, reduce his budget, align with what he needs for licenses. And someone comes in, interrupts the whole thing, his whole train of thought. And they watched him actually replace the hard drive in real time in front of them on the video, hand the device back and go about their way. Now, that might have only have been 15 or so minutes, but it disrupted a train of thought. It disrupted a meeting that was currently going on for another priority. And the uh, proactive management that Sarah is talking about built within that tool are notifications to give you warning that a hard drive is experiencing symptoms of potential failure or imminent failure, giving you the ability to say, oh, hey, John, your hard drive is about to go bad. I have one. I'm going to replace it for you now on my time and get it done. So you're not coming into my office, disrupting my meeting, my train of thought, and likely having to force me to reschedule and use more time on this project I'm working on. And on the same time, John has now been interrupted from his productivity. Right, right, right. And I think that's another big piece of it. And we've kind of gotten away from the profit center. But just going back to to the concept of John. John is a concept. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, so employees are also at the mercy of IT departments Mm -hmm. in terms of their user experience, in terms of their availability to be productive if they don't have their tools. And so, you know, using a device management tool like what you get through HP's device as a service gives them the ability to have lesser tickets, address tickets quicker so that people can get back to work faster. You're not saying, oh, I put in an IT ticket yesterday and I haven't been able to send an email yet. So again, now not only are you freeing up your internal IT staff to work on more strategic projects, you're also giving the Johns of the world a better day-to-day experience. Right. Right. Even something as as stupid as resetting your password. I am always a, I I was almost going to say a victim of this, but I guess you would consider IT the victim of this one, or this is a victimless crime, maybe. I get the warning emails. Or a totally victim crime. Or or everyone's a victim. Um, But I get the emails that my password is expiring, please change your password, and inevitably, my password expires without me changing it on a day that I am remote. 
So that means I can't even log into my system or my get my remote access or anything like that. And I have to call IT. And now I've added a ticket to IT's plate. If they're working on other things, I get put in a voicemail. And hopefully you have IT's phone number. I do have IT's phone, 2222. <laughs> I think I'm getting inundated now. Um, yeah, so don't call Connections IT department. But I something like that, when you think of a company that might have 2,000 users or you are a school district that's got 36,000 students and you've got people locking themselves out of systems, a Imagine if just such a simple function like that could be removed through a device as a service um, program that you are or that you've implemented. And when you say that you have you've hired people to be your help desk, do you really want to be paying someone a salary of seventy five thousand dollars a year to reset passwords? I mean, think about like the value, their value versus the activities that they're doing. Um, They could just be doing way more important things. Exactly. So what's interesting is you guys touched upon like quite a few things that encompasses DAS. And some of it is, you know, you have the tech pulse, which provides you with a lot of insight and metrics that people wouldn't normally know that you did that. So I think that's, you know, kind of enlightening there. But what about some of the other unrecognized advantages of going with DAS? Things like if there's a next next day breakdown, you know, that they're, like you said, they're, they're going to come on premise or not on premise, but they might come on premise. Yeah, they do. No, okay. They do. <laughs> Taking ahead. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, they do. I'm, I'm learning as we go too. So. Yeah. Um, so you have the next day breakdown replacements. You have accidental damage protection. Mm-hmm. Um, data recovery is part of it mm-hmm. as well. What are some other things I might be missing? I mean, that's uh, that's all part of, you know, it depends on what it is that that's the beauty of device as a service, but also one of the hardest things to explain in a general term is that it could be as simple as you having you know, a next business day uh, warranty services added to your device and software purchase along with our, you know, proactive management. So say, you know, in an ideal scenario, you've got a battery that is failing and or you've got a device that suddenly breaks down through proactive management, you'd be able to identify again, that battery's eminent failure, but also if it breaks down, and this is a huge thing, computers will just stop working and you ask the end user, well, what happened? And they don't know what they were doing before. It probably could have had 18 errors before it actually, you know, I almost just swore. Um, (laughs) Before it crashes. crashes. But with that, that analytics coupled with different service levels, we could actually feed that information directly to you know, say, quote unquote, a concierge or customer service resource as part of your device as a service program, that they would proactively order that battery for you or send somebody to do that replacement for you. Or if the device has failed, they're able to see what caused that failure and Mm. come prepared to actually fix it. Um, So how many times have you had a service call come and they're like, oh, I don't have the part for that or, oh, I can't figure it out. I'm going to have to come back. And that's always sort of the resistance to, you know, warranty services is, well, if it's just going to be troubleshooting and parts replacement, I can do that myself. But when you're backing it with actual analytics and information that is arming the service provider to know how to fix that problem, you have just reduced the amount of time to turn over that device. And it's going to streamline it on your side as well. Oh, totally. And then your other, the other one you said about data recovery 
recovery or one thing that we see a lot of is uh, defective media retention, which means someone has come to fix your laptop, um, can't be fixed. So they're going to take that laptop with them because it's under warranty and you'll get a new one. Um, but what happens to everything that's on that device? Um, if you don't have defective media retention, you don't get to retain you know, those hard drives. And that could be huge ramifications for a hospital, for a financial institution. So are you talking connection to the cloud as part of this or is this or is this something else? Uh, this is something else. So this is the, the physical hardware, but data recovery and, and all of that, depending on the complexity and services that you need, you know, we can, we work with whatever solutions you have in place to roll. Again, it's taking all those individual parts and pieces that you have that you're managing today, like your Office 365 subscriptions, your data recovery subscriptions, your whatever cloud subscriptions you have today, rolling that together with the actual device and having it all combined into one easy way to manage and one dashboard to see all of that information. Great. All right. So what, what do we say to those, those folks that don't think they're quite ready for device as a service yet? I love that question. <laughs> Good. And you love any question. <laughs> Doesn't um, sound like a question I would write. <laughs> Well, no, because I, I think the I think status quo is very easy. So if what what you're doing today is working today, what on earth is going to compel you to start doing it a new way? Because it is it's a new financial model. Um, if you've been paying outright, it's a new service model. It's a new consumption model, um, and all of that can be very overwhelming. But so if you aren't ready today, I, I think one of the things first and foremost is if you are an IT director, IT manager, whatever it might be, look at what, you know, decisions are coming down from the C-suite about future projects. So there might be infrastructure updates. There might be, you know, data center refreshes Security happening. Security initiatives. Security initiatives. There are much larger initiatives taking place in companies aside from managing devices. And whether or not they've started today, chances are they are in a future budget coming to an IT department near you. <laughs> so if you're not ready today, I think you need to look at tomorrow to see what projects are going to be on your plate and that you're going to be responsible for in the next six to 12 months and identify what are the things that you are spending your time on today that when those projects start, you are going to be going home at night, ripping your hair out, yelling at your spouse, yelling at your kids because you're stressed out. And I don't think managing and procuring and, you know, uh, paying different software subscriptions is really what you want to be bogged down with when you are doing a gigantic data center refresh, right? Right. So I also think you can think and remember the fact that, again, one of the key pieces with the device as a service is flexibility. And so not only flexibility in, you know, your devices or the services, but also the level of service and how you get into it. So if you're not ready, if you're worried that I can't just completely turn over my management or I'm not ready to completely change my financing level across the board, the nice thing about this service and how customizable it is, is you can really deploy it in a way where you start off slow. Maybe now you, you know, deploy proactive management as a software and you 
as an IT director or an organization take action. Mm-hmm. And then as you're more comfortable with it, then you say, all right, now I've got this big project coming down from the CEO where I've got to do X, Y, Z. And so I do need HP connection. Can you please help me execute on some of these tasks? So you can build on it over time. So don't be afraid to ask the questions like, is this for me? And to jump in and look at how it can fit into your organization. Right. And I, I really believe in a, a, a crawl, walk, run approach to device as a service because like we've been saying it can be super simple or it can be very complex are we going to walk in you know are we going to have one conversation where you're going to tell me all of the things that are troubling you in your IT department and tomorrow I'm going to be able to deploy a solution to solve all those problems probably not Um, but the first you know when it comes to crawling the first thing I talk to customers about is just understanding where your time is being spent not you know not to go back on the the big project thing but do you even do you understand how many devices you have in circulation today do you know who has what device if you've been operating under other uh, device standards um, that you've just been pushing out over you know the past three or four refresh cycles do you even know if those devices are meeting the needs of your end users do you know what your top errors are do you know what are is causing the most help desk tickets a lot of that stuff is the unknown that if i start asking those questions it starts to be like oh um you know i think we have about 500 devices and do you mean devices or do you mean end users (laughs) so it becomes very clear that if they needed to pull information very quickly about their device environment, they don't have the capability to do it today. Does it exist in their environment? Maybe, but it's not all in one space. So the first thing I recommend is the the standard proactive management that we have. It's very inexpensive and it is something that's deployed one-to-one on devices. So just like you're consuming Office 365 or something like that, we deploy this agent on those devices and start within a 24 hour period could give you a list of every single device and where it is located with via Google Maps. That's awesome. So if somebody wanted to participate right now mm-hmm. in that program, what do they do? Oh, so oh. <laughs> she's so glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked. So we're actually we're running a really cool program now called the 30 day DAS challenge. Anyone can do anything for 30 days. We see this all over the place. You know, you can get healthy in 30 days. You can develop a new habit in 30 days. You can also understand what your DAS potential is in 30 days. Um, So what we do is we take, you know, a minimum of 100 devices that you have. So whether you're an organization of 2000 devices or a school district of 3,600 devices, we'll deploy a proof of concept with this, the proactive management, see what's going on. Um, Connection can be listed as uh, eligible to pull reporting on your behalf, and we can help you look at that data, uh, what's going on with your devices, simple things like overutilization, underutilization, standards, blue screen errors, all those things that Sarah said, and give you that 360 degree view of your device environment to help you identify, should you want to make a move to a deploy a full device as a service solution, you have a starting point. You know where you are today to understand where you want to be tomorrow. Fantastic. 
All right. Uh, we have covered a lot today. We have dec- we have uncovered the difference between device as a service and desktop as a service and how device as a service is not a lease. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> not a lease. Uh, and also how you can get some more metrics and analytics behind all of your devices through Tech Pulse. Um, And we want you to take the challenge. We want you to take the 30-day challenge. I do. And if you take the 30-day challenge, I personally will be helping deliver reviews. Personally? How about that? (laughs) (laughs) That's an opportunity to talk with the famous pen. That's right. (laughs) Uh, And also, we have a campaign being launched, so make sure you keep an eye out on your social media, and you'll see the 30-day challenge out there. Um, If you want more information, please contact your account rep here at Connection or visit us at Connection.com. Also, you can email us at podcast at Connection.com. And make sure you like us, share us, and follow us on your favorite platform. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having us. All right. Take care. 